Amen. I'm Isaiah Hollis. I'm the lead pastor here at the Power Place. I'm excited about what God's doing here in the house. Uh, the Power Place exists to help you encounter the Lord's presence daily, to be empowered by His Spirit and His Word so that you can go and engage with your world. It's why we exist. It's why we're here. Uh, happy Easter, everyone. I love, I love that we come together and celebrate, but one of the greatest things about uh, our church is that next week we get to do the same thing for the same reason. We did the same thing last week for the same reason, and we're going to do the same thing in a month for the same reason, and in three months, I'm thinking we do the same thing again. I don't know. We might even split this thing down. Like mid-year, do the same thing again. Because it never changes. Like today, we celebrate the day, but we celebrate daily what he did. And I think, I think somehow, sometime, some way, the whole thing has got misconstrued because it's like, hey, this is the day we're just going to bring everybody to church. It's going to be great. We're going to do everything we possibly can. I sat the staff down this, this last week, and I said, guess what? Nothing changes Sunday. Why? Because last week we celebrated the same thing. This is, this is why we're here. This is why we come together. We come together to celebrate him dying on the cross for our sins, being raised again so that we could be free. His bloodshed was our freedom. That's what we do. That's why we're here. That's why we celebrate. That's why we come together. There, this, is, this is a monumental day, but we celebrate it all year. 365 days a year, we're going to celebrate Easter. <laughs> 365 days a year, we're going to celebrate Easter. <laughs> Anyways, that was my uh, custom Easter song just written in the moment. <laughs> Check it on Spotify, it's coming. Um, I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so glad that you chose to be with us this morning. Um, we value a lot of things in this house, and uh, we, one of the things that we value is truth. We say absolute truth equals complete freedom, and in his name is absolute truth. When you read through the word, it's absolute truth from cover to cover. Did you know that? From cover to cover, it's absolute truth. Anything that's in there, you can do it and see results. The Ten Commandments are there for a reason, not so that you can choose nine to apply and one to dismiss, but 10 to apply and see the blessing. And that's why it exists. From cover to cover, we believe that absolute truth is shoved into the word of God for us to be able to open up and reveal to us something fresh and new. Uh, as I was praying into today, I felt a release in my spirit as the Lord was just uh, continuing to download over and over. And he said, hey, 2023 Easter will be the day that I restore joy uh, to the power place. And we started, we started, we started praying into this, this idea and this fact of the Lord uh, restoring joy to this house. And I'm like, Lord, what does that look like? And he's like, I'm going to start peeling back layers, layers that have kept them from joy. And then at, uh, uh, at staff meeting on Tuesday, uh, the Lord gave uh, Allie, Pastor Landon's wife, a prophetic word about the Lord. And she's like seeing this vision of the Lord taking him all the way back to childhood, not being able to see joy as a child, so being stripped of it all the way through. And I'm like, dude, this is a generational restoration. This is a, this is a generational thing. 
Joy has been stripped from you. If you're sitting in your seat this morning, you're like, I have tried. I have tried. I have tried to tap into joy, and I can't ever find it. Today's your day. The Lord is restoring it to this house. I believe that your household will be a house of laughter. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to laugh today. Yeah, yeah. Look at the other one. You just ignore it. Say, I'm going to laugh today. I'm going to laugh today. You're going to laugh today. I'm telling you, there is not enough laughter in the world today. And the people that are laughing are laughing at the wrong things. And so I believe that God is restoring a holy joy. Ooh, a holy joy, a joy that only he can bring. I believe God is bringing back what was lost in your life or what was stripped away in your life, and God is bringing it back to fruition. He's, he's promised joy, and he's bringing joy. He promised joy, and today he's bringing joy. Today you're going to lay some things down so that he can present joy. It hasn't been a hold back on the Father's side. It's been a hold up on our side. He wants to give joy. He wants to hand it out. And man, when I, when I saw this visual picture of the Lord literally just dumping joy on the house, I'm like, ooh, Lord, get us ready. Get us ready. May we be a house that is ready, in the ready position to do and take all that you have for us today. In Psalms 95, verse 1, it says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. With songs of praise. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Laying it all down, saying, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I know I've been dealt a, a tough hand of cards lately, but Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And through my thankfulness, Lord, you release joy as I come in and I make a joyful noise. You know, laughter is contagious. You know that? You know, yawning is contagious. I got called out at the mall the other night. I'm literally minding my own business. I yawn. And from across the store, someone goes, yo, don't yawn. I was like, did this guy just interrupt my yawn? A clerk, in, in, he's sitting in, in, his, in his little booth thingy with his cash register, and he called across the mall, and he told me to not yawn. I was like, yo, dude, what time is it? He's like, it's 4.30. I was like, it's time to yawn. It's 4.30, all right? Let me get one out here. I'm telling you, yawning is contagious. Laughter is contagious. You start laughing at someone's presence. It's like, you ever play the game where you laugh a little bit and then try to do a straight face again? I play it with my kids. It's the best. It's the best. Why? Because when someone starts to laugh, you can't control yourself because it's contagious. And the problem in a lot of your households is there's no laughter, so nobody can laugh. And the Lord wants to restore joy. Joy, not, not, a, not a fake happiness. Happiness only comes when something happens. Joy is from the Lord. Joy is from the Lord. So when I come into his presence and I make a joyful noise, all of a sudden the Lord is there. Boom. He's there. He's active. He's present because he's waiting to pour it out. He's waiting to pour it out. Take us all the way back to the cross. He knew what was coming. God knew what was coming. God knew what was coming. He set it up and he's like, oh, this is, joy's coming. Joy's coming. So wait, joy's coming. We watched a, a, a little bit of a, you're just a clip into the crossing with our children, and we're all sitting around the computer, you know, bawling our eyes out as, as Mary is holding on to Jesus' body after the cross. 
And there's this moment of, of weeping and sorrow and pain and hurt and, and, and wonder and, and holding and, 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 and sobbing over the loss of her son. Pain is real. Pain is real. But when pain trumps joy, that's where we have a problem. Because God wants to restore you back to full health. Some of you, there's a date in the calendar that has stripped your joy for the rest of the calendar year, and it's been 10 years, so you've been 10 years joyless. One day, one day that happened 10 years ago that has stripped 10 years of freedom and joy. God says, no, 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 not today. I am going to restore joy in your home. And I keep saying home because I feel like it's a joy for your home. I don't want you to get attached to that joy's coming to this house. I want you to get attached to the fact that joy's coming to your house. It's coming to your house. It's coming to your husband. It's coming to your wife. It's coming to your children. It's coming to your pets. Your hamster's going to be on the wheel more than he ever has been. Okay? I'm saying joy is coming to your house. And you need to start saying it. On the way home, are you ready? Because joy's coming today. When we walk through that threshold today, joy's following us in. Leave your bad attitude in the car because joy's following us in. I don't care if you're frustrated. Joy's following us in. Start praying over your home. Joy's coming. Joy's coming. Joy's coming. And laughter always follows joy. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. In Philippians 2, verse 6, it says, Who? Being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Notice that in verse 8, it says, he humbled himself. Humbleness, humbleness, humbleness is what we need. Humbleness is what is lacking. Humbleness, coming. I'm a singing today. Okay, I'm just gonna sing. I'm gonna write songs all day. So just get ready for it. I'm feeling joy. I'm feeling joy. It's coming up, and it comes out in song. Okay, um, humbleness. Oh, if we were humble, stripping of pride, humble. Stripping of pride, humble. Jesus said, no, 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 I'm going to come in in human form. I'm going to come in just like all of you. God's like, I'm going to send him down just like them. And then watch as I work through him. Because he's going to be separate from like them, but separate from. And watch how God starts to work. Then, in verse 9, God exalted him to the highest place. Not Jesus. God exalted him to the highest place. 
God took him and placed him. God's waiting for you to humble yourself so that he can take you and place you. God is waiting for you to humble yourself so he can take you and place you. And when he places you, you're going to be a person full of joy. And everybody around you is just going to want to be near you because when they're near you, they laugh for some reason. I don't know what it is about you, but every time you walk in the room, I just feel this like overwhelming joy. Something's attached to you that's not attached to the rest of my family. And when I'm around you, I feel this, I feel this, this bubble in my spirit. Something, something happens to me. It's the joy of the Lord. And it's bubbling up because of my humbleness before the Lord. And the Lord has exalted me. He has brought me to the highest place in him. Luke 23, verse 44. Say joy. 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 Say it with just a little bit of smile. Joy. Joy. Anyways. Verse 44. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father! Into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw, that, saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all, all those who knew him, including the, the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now there was a man named Joseph, a member of the council, a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action. He came from the Judean town of Arimathea, and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb, cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. We talk about the Sabbath a lot around here because it's important to us. It's so important that they stopped what they were doing and came into obedience with the Sabbath because it was a commandment. What they loved was just taken from them. They ran home to make perfumes and get all things ready. They said, oh, it's the Sabbath. We must rest. They stopped and they rested. If we would get that intentional with obedience, I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if we said, oh, I know there's an importance to get to our location and our destination. I know, I know that we need to get there to do what we feel like we need to do. We need to dress and do and, and lay and, and, and be around. I know that that's important. But right now in this moment, one of the commandments is to Sabbath. And so we're going to, we're going to Sabbath. 
I know there's this intensity to get there and be around because, because I mean, he was taking the tomb. We need to go be present. We need to be there. But the commandment, Sabbath. So they stopped and they Sabbathed. For some of you, this commandment will actually change your entire life if you will actually Sabbath. It will change your life. It will change. I'll, I'll say it as far as this. It changed our life. Sabbathing changed our life. Well, haven't you always Sabbath? You're a pastor. Nope. Nope. We didn't know how. We're just busy, 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 busy. Everything is busy. We're all just busy. It was killing us. It was the one commandment that we just let go. It was the one commandment we were like, ah, I mean, we're busy. We got to get Lord's work done. Jesus died and they rested. Home, preparing the perfume, get everything ready. Oh, sun's down, it's Sabbath. Let's rest. I, let me pass you for a second. Put, Put the Sabbath in your calendar on a weekly basis in Sabbath. Pull away from the things of this world, the activity, and just be in his presence. Take a day and don't do anything you don't want to do. That's what we do. We take a day and we don't do anything we don't want to do. You want to mow your grass? Then mow your grass. That's great. If you hate mowing your grass, then don't. It's Sabbath. If you want to wash your car and that's relaxing, amen, let me get an amen in the house. If you want to wash your car, then wash your car. If you don't like washing your car, you like being like my sister, then that's fine. Then don't wash your car on your Sabbath. If getting a tidy house is everything to you and you love it and it fulfills you, clean your house on your Sabbath. If that overwhelms you, then don't. Hear me, hear me. Let me help you. Sabbathing makes you healthy because you fall in line with the Word of God. And, and I'm telling you, I, I want, we, we need to come into alignment with the entire Word. The entire Word. And we've seen health and wholeness be restored to our house that we didn't even know we were lacking. I thought we were good. I thought it was good. I thought it was happy. I thought we, I thought we were great. I thought we had a... It brought joy like never before. Wake up, I'm like, what do you want to do? I don't know, whatever we want. <laughs> this is so relaxing. Amen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They were eager. Yeah, they Sabbathed, but they were eager. Early in the morning, like, oh, let's go. Sun's up. Sabbath is over. Let's go do what we said we were going to do. Let's go. Now they're back in action. Now they're ready. They're rested up. It's like going on vacation. You ever go on vacation? You come back, and you're like, I need a vacation for my vacation. Because you planned way too much. There was no time in your vacation to rest. You went on vacation with the wrong family members. It's like going to the beach with Pastor Billy. He brings nine balls, all of different origin, and then he says, all right, we're going to play with a football and then a basketball, which you can't even play on the beach, but he figures out a way, and then a soccer ball, and then we're going to play baseball, and then with, and then we're going to do all this, and throw the frisbee. Too much! 
Should I just want to sit, soak, swim. Sit, soak, and swim. That's my routine. Sit, soak, and swim. Just want to sit, soak, and swim. Take a bite. Sit, soak, and swim. That's it. Right there. Act. Slow down. Slow down. Chill. They're ready. Next morning, man, they come in. They're ready. They're ready. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering, wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood behind them. In their fight, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And then he says this greatest line. Remember how he told you? You already knew about this. Why are you here looking for something he already told you about? Uh-oh, and this is where a lot of us fall into, because the Lord has been speaking for years. He's told us for years, and we're still going back looking for his body. We're like, where is he? <laughs> Lord, you left us. Oh, remember how he told you? He told you this plan. How have you forgotten? Oh, no. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Remember how for 19 years we've talked about the Word of God and how to be obedient? And how to easily fall in line with the Father, but we just keep going back to the dog's vomit? We just continue to go back to the thing every week. And it's like, no, come on, let's go. He told you about this already. I love hearing the testimonies. Way to go, Luke, Ethan. Oh, you, ben, you guys, yo, right here. Done. I'm done. I'm done. I played with that for a long I'm done. There's freedom, and I'm moving. And I'm walking, and I'm running, and I'm going, and I'm going to start jogging, and I, I need water, and I'm going to run more. Why? Because you don't stop. You go. When you figure it out and you find that light, you say, enough is enough. He told us about it. Son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. Oh, that's what he was saying. <laughs> I'm so, well, no way. When he said three, this is three, <laughs> I can't. Now, why didn't you think about that? You didn't tell me. I didn't. I'm so sorry. I mean, can you imagine the moment where they're looking at each other and be like, you, you did this. We shouldn't be here. I listened to you. We prepared. Like, this is this, this moment of an opportunity to probably look at each other like, why didn't you remember? That's what we're here for, to remind you. I'm here to remind you today of what he said. He said, by his stripes, you're healed, you're saved, you're free. His bloodshed is your cleansing. You don't have to live the way you've always lived. You don't have to do the things you've always done. You're free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And when they got it, when they got it, when they got it, like, oh, my word. Oh, when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. 
and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. Check this out, verse 11. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. 80% of who goes to church, this is what they hear. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. Yeah, I believe some of the word, but the rest, it's nonsense. It cannot be true what you're saying. It's nonsense. I got my nine to five. I do my thing. Come here. You guys are a bunch of wackos. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. I'd rather hang out with everybody I hang out with that likes to feed into my normal addictions and everything that I like to be and my anger and my issues likes to kind of coax me and pet me as I do my thing. No, 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 no. That's nonsense. This is truth. This is truth. His bloodshed is your freedom. You don't have to go back to that. You get to be free, full of joy, full of joy, full of joy. Your household can be a household where you husbands don't have to pull into your driveways and sit out in the driveway and think about how you're going to respond to your wife when you walk in and she tears your neck off. It doesn't have to be like that. It doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to question whether you want to go home or not. Because you're walking into a house full of joy and laughter. And it's actually a place you want to go. And now you're looking for time on your lunch break to slide home real quick so you can hang out and say hi. And now all of a sudden you enjoy your marriage rather than dreading your marriage. Why? Because this isn't nonsense. It's truth. And it's reality. This is real. It's today. It wasn't just for yesterday. It wasn't just for Bible times. It's for today. And it was written so that you could have freedom right now. Right now. Even in this moment. Freedom. God wants to do some things. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. <laughs> I love it. He's going to prove it. He's going to prove it. Peter's like, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. They're saying it. I got to go down and prove it. So he runs down. Get up. He got up. He ran down to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Yo, Peter, the women just told you what had happened. See, what had happened was, same thing they just told you. Why are you wondering? They just told you what happened. They just told you the truth. What had happened? They, angels showed them, came, they told you. It was like, what? They reminded them that they had already heard it once. They came, they told you the truth about what happened. And you're sitting here and you're like, man, I don't see a body. I see clothes. Wonder what happened. Peter. Peter, fill in your, your name. Blank. You got to get this. You got to get this. How? 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 How do you not understand, Peter? He went away wondering to himself, what? Verse 36. 
While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. <laughs> They're all chilling around. They're like, man, I wonder what happened. I don't know. The women said this, and I don't know. Peter went down, and he was like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, peace be with you. <laughs> you know, the entire room was like, yo, <laughs> wow, you did, did, did you been here? Where were you hiding? All of a sudden, he's just, he's just present. He's there and he's like, peace be with you. Like, I love that that's what he said. Like, really? Like, he's offering peace in a moment of like, ah, you know, I'm frightened. No, my word. He's like, peace be with you. He shows up. Amongst the confusion and the chaos and the wondering and the wandering, he shows up and he says, hey, I'm still here. I'm still God. Ooh, I'm still present. And what God has done through me, I'm getting ready to ascend. I'm getting ready to go away. But man, it's going to be great because I'm, 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 I'm going to, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to stay and he's going to be with you and he's going to be able to be in you and be powerful. And you're going to be able to work it and all that. Take your fright. Take your wonder. Take your wandering. Let it go because I'm here and I'm here to stay. Ooh. Verse 37, they were startled and frightened. Yeah, I wonder why. Thinking they saw a ghost, he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I, myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Come on, how much confirmation do you need? How am I, I'm, uh, true, good, good question, not trick question. How much confirmation do you need? Look at my hands, look at my feet, touch me. Does a ghost have skin? Does a ghost have, no, bones, no, no, ghost doesn't have this. I'm here, I'm present. We're having a conversation. I would have handled that conversation completely different. I'd be like, you're joking, right? Like, I'm right here. Like, this is a joke, right? You're playing me. Somebody's playing me. I'm real. Watch this. And I just bopped him right in the face. You know what I is that real? Am I fake now? Huh? What do you think? <laughs> Sorry, that was, I was painting him a very bad picture. That No, this is Jesus. Peace be with you. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come back in the room. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a moment. But like, put yourself in this situation. Put yourself in this room where Jesus all of a sudden appears and he lets his presence be known. And then he starts to question, why do you doubt me? Why are doubts rising in your mind as I'm standing directly in front of you? Church, come into his presence. Don't even know he's here. We're here just to check it off. Oh, you say that all the time. I know because it's reality. It's reality. We made it to church today. Good for us. No, 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 no. Wrong, wrong mindset. We're here for him. That's why next week, nothing will change. It's all going to be great. It's going to be the same thing that it was this week. We're going to celebrate his name. And guess what? Here's the greatest part. That's how joy comes. That's how joy comes. I don't have to do an, a, a five-hour speech on joy because he is joy. I don't have to tell you how to get joy. You just get him and you get joy. There's going to be a release of laughter today because some of you are going to get it for the first time and actually receive joy because you're going to receive him. Oh, my word, where do I want to go from here? This is so good. God is so good. 
Some of you are sitting in this room, and for the first time, you're actually going to see God's face today in its realness. In its realness. Some of you, you've, you've actually questioned the fact of if God is even real, number one, because you've never felt him, and you've never been around him. But I have something to say uh, to that. Let me address that for a second. He's around you. He's just waiting for you to notice him. Call him in. Invite him. And so today, I believe that joy is coming by way of receiving the Lord for who he is. Verse 40. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they, were still, while they still did not believe it, because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? My favorite part. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe it. What? This isn't 2023. This was written in Bible times. I could understand this being written today. But we're talking Bible times. He's standing in the room. We're not asking you to, to see someone that's not here. He's there. Joke's on you. He's actually here. If you can't see him, there's something in the way of you seeing him. Remove it. If you cannot see him, there's something in the way of you seeing him. Remove it. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? <laughs> Love it. Like there's, there's this like debate of going on whether he's real or not. And then all of a sudden he's like, yo, you got some grub? <laughs> I'm actually kind of hungry. You got anything to eat around here? And, and so they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. <laughs> you know what I see? I see, uh, I, I, see, I see the movie with the volleyball. Oh, I know. I'm just waiting for you to fill in the blank. I see the movie with the volleyball, and he's got this relationship with the volleyball because he's lost all of the relationships. And then the scene at the end when he's on the plane and he's eating. He's just sitting there eating, consuming food because he hasn't eaten that great. And I see Jesus sitting in their presence, just devouring this food. He's like, I'm hungry. And he's sitting there, and I can just see him making eye contact with, you still doubting? Like, like just eating his food. He's eating his broiled fish. He's like, you still doubting me? He's eating. He stopped. So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a thing going on in the room. And he's like, you got any food around here? Let's, let's, let's slow this down a little bit. He starts eating in their presence. Ooh. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. He said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. They knew too. Not just the women. They knew also. They also knew, and yet they had forgotten so much so that they're questioning him being in the room. What? 
I, I, I'm, wait, wait, no way. This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. They had forgotten what he said. So much so they were living in a moment of confusion with the father in their presence. Verse 45, this is the grace of God being played out in the word of God. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. I'll never know as much as you about the Bible. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. He opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Well, when I read it, I don't get much. Read it again. Read it again. Pray. Lord, open my mind. Let me see things I've never seen. Let me read verses I've always read and see them like I've never seen them. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Verse 50, when he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Why? Why? Why Why joy? Because they found him. And he is joy. So they returned with great joy and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Oh, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Why? Because when he gives joy, when you find him, you get joy. And all of a sudden you have this urgency and this want to praise. You just want to be in his presence and praise him. You just want to be around him and praise him. Why? Because him and you, you're now drawn to each other. He's always been drawn to you, but now all of a sudden your face is turned to him and you're coming in here for the right reason, singing to the right face. And you come in here and you're like, man, I just want to be around him. I just want to praise him. And then you go home and you're in your prayer closet and you're like, Lord, I just want to be around you. This is all I want. And then your Sabbath comes around and you're like, I wouldn't do anything if I dared. Because I just want to be with you and I want to honor you and everything. And the Lord says, Joy. <laughs> eh. Huh. Joy. Whew. Joy. Joy breaks out. You can't help but to praise. You can't help but to praise.
we're having, we were having lunch as a family, just the five of us, me, my wife, Brittany, my daughter, London, my son, Roman, and my daughter, Sloan. And Wilbur was there also. And uh, we started listening to songs from Brittany and I's wedding and kind of just going back, uh, reminiscing. And then, and then, you know, Brittany had this brilliant idea to talk about, you know, the father-daughter dance at a wedding, which I think is an awful idea to talk about so far because she's only 11. Mother-daughter's only five. And so, you know, the famous song, Butterfly Kisses, came up. And, you know, they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh. We're going to have to listen to it now. So literally, we, we push play, and it's going through the house. And immediately, we all start crying. I mean, like, not pretty crying. It was like this weird moment of like, she's 11, but she's getting married. She's not getting married when you have a boyfriend. Not even any prospects. Delete your sons. I don't care. Um, like, no, no prospects in the house. Like, Lord, you're going to have to grow this house so I can find one. But anyways, uh, that's beside the point. Anyways, God, like this moment just broke out in our house, and I, I literally go over and I'm like, and London's bawling, and I'm bawling, and now Sloan's wondering what's going on. I'm five, and now Roman's crying. He doesn't know why he's crying, but we're crying, and we're like, <laughs> butterfly kisses. And I'm telling you, this moment just broke out. And at that moment, I'm like, Lord, how did you give your son? Because I can't even think of giving her away at her wedding. How did you give your son for a cross, and I can't even give my daughter for a wedding? Like the the, the mentality right here, I I, I want to hold on. I can't let her go. Nobody's going to take as good of care of her as I can. And God knew what He was sending His son into. He knew. He knew He was sending His son in to be mocked. He knew he was sending his son in to be tormented. And he said, I love you all enough to send my son, knowing the end result will be death on a cross. And out of pure obedience, which is why we value obedience in this house. We say obedience is the key to life because out of God's obedience of sending his son to die on a cross, we all experience freedom. 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 God wants to do the same thing for you today. He wants to bring freedom to your home so that he can bring joy to your home. He wants to bring freedom to you so that you can be a carrier of joy to those around you. Worship Ben, you can join me, please. Come on, everybody, stand on your feet for me, please. I just want you to take a moment. I want you to get in his presence. I just want you to take a moment and get in his presence. No music on it. I just want you to get in his presence. Let him understand that you're here, ready, willing. Lord, we give you the room. We give you the room. We give you ourselves. We give you our obedience. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you, Lord. We say thank you, Lord.
We come into alignment with you this morning. We come into alignment with you this morning. Right now, I just want you to take a moment. I just want you to hand him things that you've held on to. We're just making way and making room for what's getting ready to happen. I just want you to go ahead and hand him things that you've held on to. If you need to say it out loud, go ahead and say it out loud. Lord, I, I, I give you my anger. I give you things that I've held on to. I give you this addiction. I give you this. I give you that. I give you my relationship. I give you my marriage. I give you my children. I give you my home. Lord, I give you my finances. I, I give you things that I've held on to, things that I haven't stewarded well. Lord, I give you those things. God, I give you my life. I give you my heart, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Lord, get us ready in this moment. In this moment, get us ready. Get us ready in this moment. 